Welcome to the Dirt Reporters for the week of April 12th. I'm your host, D. Suave, Derek Kessinger. Joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and uh, Kyle McFadden. He's sleepy, as you can see. He's uh, black and white down there. He's headed to the Kyle Larson High Limit Race there in Lakeside, Kansas. So he's not going to be here. So we decided to put a great, beautiful picture of him in black and white. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. He's not dead or anything, folks, so don't worry about it. He is okay, uh, but he will not be joining us here today. So we'll have a little more moment of silence. We, we're going to miss him dearly. But just kidding. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's okay. He's just headed to Lakeside to the Kyle Larson Sprint Car Race. Well, Kovac, you put some money on uh, Jonathan Davenport. You texted me Sunday morning and said, I'm going to put $25 on J.D. to win the cup race. Uh, got a little accident involved with Kyle Larson. Which, you know, three days prior at Bulls Gap, they put on a slider showcase, a volunteer Bulls Gap. So those two getting in a wreck, tangle at the NASCAR race. Uh, JD had a decent run Friday, right? No, Saturday at the truck race, but uh, Sunday kind of got in the wreck there. He was kind of like the 20th to 25th range throughout the entire portion of that cup race before he uh, bowed out. But uh, a little bit different circumstances than it was there at Bulls Gap with those two. Yeah, well, I would have really liked to have seen JD get some practice on Friday with that with that car and the truck too. Um, it was good, I guess, that he was able to run that truck on Saturday, you know, and, and get more laps uh, in it. Um, you know, the 150 laps that that race was. But I, I think he it just seemed like he was he never got comfortable in that in the in the Cup car and that rain getting that rain the practice rained out on Friday. I think kind of definitely hurt him you know obviously he knows dirt but he doesn't know that car that thing's a tank compared to that late model being out there i mean i think they where will they run a 20 second laps or something like that uh i think they can get around there in 15 or some with a late model uh <laughs> being like what a thousand pounds lighter or something like that, in that area uh it was definitely a, a, a he needed to get some uh get, figure that thing out a little bit and it, it i think he got up to as high as 19th at one point uh, it really would have been nice also if he wouldn't have lost, if it would have been a caution in the end of that heat race in the cup race, he picked second spot and then he dropped back to fourth with, I think it was a caution with four to go in the heat on Saturday. And that really cost him a, probably, I don't know, maybe five, six spots, starting spots, instead of starting 21st, he might've started like 14th, 15th. And that would have put him closer to the, you know, I mean, maybe a top 10, uh, right early in the race. And he could have gotten, uh, and maybe maintain that a little more, but still pretty cool to pretty cool to see him. That's something we have to, you have to talk about JD being in a cup race, a dirt late model guy. I mean, uh, you know, the, the biggest name in, uh, in dirt late model racing probably right now. That was, uh, uh, that was pretty cool. He's always a guy too. Robert Holman was just funny uh, quotes, uh, great tweets. I think he tweeted out. He's like, I'm not sure what, uh, what gear to start in on the starts. Cause they never really have to shift in late models. And then the second one after the race, he says, well, that really wasn't a dirt race because, you know, it was kind of uh, slick top to bottom very hard, got a lot of rubber on there. So he kind of made it a little poke fun at it a little bit. So uh, JD is always good for uh, good quotes, uh, good content, especially at a thing that he's never really done and something he's always wanted to do since he was a little boy is race a cup car. But nonetheless, he was out there for two races, the uh, truck and the cup car, which not bad in the truck on uh 
earlier the night before with a, I think a 13th place finish. Four, 14th he was in that. Yeah. Right. 14th. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's good content. Good quality content. It was good quality content. A lot of eyes were on JD this past weekend at Bristol. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I didn't get to watch the truck race. Uh, I did watch part of the, the cup race by the time. I think by the time I turned the cup race on, he was already uh, out of it. Uh, so that kind of kind of sucks. I didn't really get to see everything, you know, that that Kevin was was talking about. Uh, but it, it is, you know, I did watch kind of the pre-race show and they, uh, you know, they spotlighted him as one of the, the dirt you know, the experts on dirt or whatever. And truly he is an expert in dirt late model racing, but I think it's, I, I think, you know, it's kind of misconceiving that, that, that you have a great dirt late model driver go up there and race on that surface. You know, that's like, that's like saying, you know, Robbie Gordon was one, Robbie Gordon is one of the best on dirt you know, in a, in a truck, you know, on an off-road surface, you know, but would he have done great on that surface there at Bristol? I don't, I don't know, you know, but so saying that, that, uh, that JD is an expert on dirt is, is, is it accurate? You know, really? He is one of the best dirt late model drivers he's going to be in the hall of fame he's going to be i mean his his record at eldora is enough to get him in the hall of fame regardless of what else he does you know from moving here forward with his 2015 season uh, his two million dollar season everything he's done is going to get him in the dirt late model hall of fame and he is one of so he is one of the best dirt late model drivers in, in history, he's had one of the best dirt late model teams behind him in history. Also, one of the best dirt late model minds in history, and Kevin Rumley behind him. So, he's had all of these these wonderful things, but then it's just like they. I wonder if our expectations were a little bit too high for him personally. Um, I someone asked me at Bulls Gap, how do you think he would do? And I honestly, I said, if he had a top 15 finish in the truck race, I think that would be not a win, but I think that would be good. I think that would be a, a good showing top 15, in the trucks. I said in the cars, I don't think he's going to do quite as well. And, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't think he would be the second car out, but I didn't, I just didn't think he would fare quite as well. Cause like Kevin said, they don't drive the same. You know they don't have the steering uh the ratio is not the same uh the, the the amount of input and that you can get into the steering wheel is not the same uh it's it's like driving a street stock car except not as i don't even think they're as good as a street stock car i i think i saw chad thrash driving around through there at bristol last year in a street stock car doing better than half of these cup guys did you know so um it's not the same it's not fair i don't think to to jonathan davenport to to judge his finishes in these two races uh at all in terms of what type of driver he is because we know that he is 
he's the best dirt late model driver we've got right now and he's going to be in the hall of fame and and i, I think that the expect that you can't just was he a ringer i think if he's at eldora he's more of a ringer at eldora than he would be at bristol but even at eldora they they make the surface for these cars so slick and so hard packed that if you looked at that overhead view from that race, like with about 25 to go, it looked like, looked like the Bristol looked like an asphalt Bristol was with a pothole or two, you know, it, the, the black ring was around it. Just had a little dirt, you know, at the top and a little dirt on the bottom, but, but where, you know, they ran 250 laps there, whatever. And, and it, it was, by the time it was over, it was an asphalt race. Just a little, it kind of reminded me in, in, of going to like a slick track, you know, at Daytona beach or, or Panama city, or one of those, one of those resort places where you go ride go-karts and the corners are slick. They put baby powder in the corners or whatever. And it, it's really slick surface. That's kind of rem- what it reminded me of. So, uh, I just think it's unfair for us to, to even try to judge JD's performance in these two cars uh, over the two races over the weekend uh, at all, because, you know, it's, you know, take the windshields out of those less, you know, I'm kind of rambling on at this moment, but take the, take the windshields out of those cars so we can actually get a dirt surface so they can, so they can go through the whole transition so we can start it you know, really, really wet, you know, so we don't have to stop every five laps and clean a windshield or whatever, like they did that one year and, and let's race them like that. And, um, but you know, it's, uh, like, I, like I said, it, it was entertaining. It was good for us because it put a lot of eyes and you guys can discuss this. It did put a lot of eyes on our sport having him there so that was that was a good thing i mean if anything good came out of it that was really a good thing because having those uh those people want to know who he is and want to know what our sports about you know was good yeah it was uh like kovac said earlier i wish he had some practice laps there i guess you kind of had the practice in the heat races uh but he was behind the eight ball uh to at least test and tune, at least get a little bit comfortable instead of just going right into a heat heat race, right into a random draw. He's probably thinking, wow, I'm starting in the front row in front of all these guys in heat number four, which is probably surreal to him. Uh, Kovac, though, a lot of eyes are on Flow Racing, too, as well, just because, like, Sports Center and even during the broadcast, they showed Kyle Larson and uh, Jonathan Davenport duking it out at Bulls Gap. Hey, let's talk about that, you know, sweet race at Bulls Gap, and then we can kind of transition to how – you know, flow racing and dirt late model racing made it onto a national broadcast, which I thought was, was pretty cool as well. Yeah. That's, that's one of the big points of uh, getting Jonathan in that race. I mean, they wouldn't probably be talking about uh, if he wasn't in the cup race on sat on Sunday, it's not like those announcers would be talking quite as much about like, Oh, look at him with Kyle Larson the other day. Look at Kyle Larson with Jonathan Davenport. Look at this race at bulls gap. That was 45 minutes down the road. Uh, it, that, that brought, that brought that into the spotlight a little bit more. And that was one heck of a race, by the way. I mean, those guys were really sliding. Uh, it was really cool. Like it, it, they really, I, I mean, they, they showed how you could slide 
and there was several times that Jonathan could have kept on the gas, just not hit the brake and, and hit right into the back of Larson and taking him out. And that's what happens with a lot of slide jobs and a lot of, but in a lot of races and gets everybody mad and everybody angry. And uh, he probably wasn't thrilled with Larson sliding across him like that, but he slid back across him. And I mean, he was able to cross him and Larson was a little bit better. I thought that there was just good racing the way they, they raced together and kind of, and Jonathan gave him space and kind of, it, it made it a very entertaining, you know, what was that about 15, 20 laps of that they did too bad. It didn't go right down to the end, but once Larson got ahead, he was, he was better, obviously. Um, seeing that on sports center, that's pretty cool. I mean, I think the only time I can remember seeing late models on sports center was Back in the prelude to the dream days, I, I remember seeing some uh, some highlights of that race on, on Sports Center. Uh, you know, because there were so many Cup guys in it, and then they did show that. And I, I always, man, I was at that point, I was like, yo, man, that's for look at that, that's cool. We got late models on TV, you know. I mean, not TV, but on a national broadcast that usually just has all the professional sports. It definitely brought some uh, different eyes. I mean, does it make people come to the race? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I hope so. I hope it got a little bit more attention. I mean, I would hope that some NASCAR fan would be like, man, we definitely got to go down the road and go to this Bulls Gap next time we uh, we have a chance. Or, or we got to find some dirt track that's near us, near a, uh, an, an, during a, during a, near a NASCAR weekend race. Uh, there could be some good stuff going on down there because that was pretty entertaining. Uh, I want I want to get, circle back there real quick too about my bet, you know, right, Derek? You mentioned my bet about uh on on you JD. Wanted to win some big time money. Oh, I just threw. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I just threw it out there. I saw. I happened to. I don't even know where I saw it. I I I just saw like that. Um, I think it might have been well, somebody from Boom Briggs's crew. I think tweeted it out. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet it. Look at the look at the odds for JD. I mean, this this is a good bet. Might as well give it a shot. And then if JD wins, I'm gonna take him on vacation. You know, you know who it was, right, Derek? Who would have been that guy that makes some good tweets from uh from Boom's crew? Might have, the Chinaman, right? You know. Yeah, um He likes. So it. uh, yeah. And so then we um. So I saw that and I checked out the the, the odds and he was like a plus six thousand, and you know that's twenty five dollars bet to win would have been like fifteen hundred dollars to win, uh, so that was pretty. I'm like, ah, what the hell? I mean, I'll do it. I was in New Jersey too on Saturday, visited my mom because she didn't come out to our house on Sunday, uh, for Easter. So we went over there on Saturday, and um, and I happened to just be driving down and I and right when I was talking, I I had just looked at the 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 odds and I, and I pass a street and it said Davenport street. So I'm like, man, maybe that's a sign. Maybe, it, you know, it who knows? That could be a sign. I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on this. I'm like, if there's anybody that would possibly could maybe win that. I mean, he's not going to go win the Daytona 500 being plus 6,000 odds, you know, I mean, not probably not or any of the asphalt races. But I think there's there was at least this little tinge of man, if everything goes right, I mean, he just feels comfortable in that car. Maybe he pulls off the miracle. It's a it's a possibility. I mean, a lot of crazy stuff has happened in that dirt race too, in the two years before. I mean, Joey Logano and Kyle Bush, who both of them don't have much dirt experience, they were the winners the first two years. It wasn't like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell and all and Tyler Reck, all those guys were the winners. Uh so it's like, hey, maybe, maybe something could you know, just the stars align. I don't want to be pissed off that I forgot to, you know, I didn't bet on them. So 
I, of course I lost. I even bet on him for top five. That'd have been like five bucks for $90 or something. But, um, <laughs> I thought I, or I think it was 10 bucks, but so I, I lost out on that, but Hey, I gave it a shot. It made me, it made me interested more in that race too, because I was like, come on JD, let's go. And he only got up to 19th. I think was the highest I ever saw him get on the board. Uh, and it was, it was fun though, uh, being able to bet on the, on a, on a dirt late model guy and, uh, and hope that he does well. Hopefully, hopefully he takes the big win. And now you don't have to go find a bookie because you can just go on all these apps and bet online right by your phone. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to go. I didn't have to stop at a casino or call the bookie up. Right. Right. You know, like Derek is <laughs> in, you know, uh, just go on DraftKings and, uh, and, and, and bet something. So, yeah, but I probably won't be going on there very much anymore because I didn't do, I, and my, my bets don't go very well. So. All right. Uh, Robert, as a dirt fan, what's just your overall thought of this Bristol dirt race? You think it's kind of ran its course because there's been a lot of articles saying like, hey, even like Kyle Larson says that just the Bristol surface itself, the asphalt surface, the pavement surface is just too good. We shouldn't be racing dirt here. felt like the the attendance wasn't very good. I feel like maybe the NASCAR fans don't like that dirt type stuff. So you think maybe it's kind of ran its course and – I don't know. I think it's a good thing because the last three winners in NASCAR, the last three weeks have all been guys that raced dirt with uh, started in dirt, Kyle Larson, uh, Tyler Reddick, and then Christopher Bell. So you, if you're NASCAR, you got to kind of make both sides happy. You want to have dirt people pay attention to NASCAR, but you also want your local diehard NASCAR fans to, you know, keep coming back to your racetracks. So it's kind of a weird uh, angle there for uh, Bristol and NASCAR, I think next year. Yeah, I mean, personally, I thought that it had ran its course the first year, and I and I was terribly wrong. You know, I was. Uh, I think that our side, maybe, when I say our side, the dirt late model and, and dirt uh, people in general did not maybe pay quite as much attention to everything leading up to this race because there was not a, a high profile dirt late model race there. You know, the last couple of years, there've been, you know, huge, you know, not, not only touring series, but, but huge, you know, the XR put on those huge races. And so, uh, so there's been reason for us to specifically pay attention to, to the Bristol dirt uh whereas this year there was i think a steel block late model race and a crate race that only paid five thousand to win now granted those two races did draw a lot of cars and the reason they did in my opinion is because they were one day shows uh that were saturday only even though they were only five thousand to win they both drew like one of them was 37 cars i think one of them was like 40. so so I think those were actually successful regardless of how many people were in the stands, uh, just simply because the car count was up a little bit. And with those two classes of cars, you can't really host midweek races and keep guys there all week because those are truly guys who are weekend warriors who, who work for a living, who can't just take a, you know, aren't, don't really want to take a, a vacation in early March or I mean, mid March, early April. So, uh, without the support divisions, 
I'm really not sure where it's going to go. Uh, I guess those two classes would continue to go back there. But again, even with those classes, you still hear some complaints about torn up race cars, about the speeds being, about Bristol being very hard on equipment. I know it's hard on a crate motor. Uh, you think, well, crate motor is a crate motor, but that's such a big place that you that you have to keep your RPMs up for a long time. And it's really hard on your valve springs and stuff. You can obviously take more, more uh, you, you just take gear out of the car and keep taking gear out of the car until you can get around the racetrack at, at a certain RPM, but it's still very hard on equipment. So I'm not really sure where they're going to keep getting support classes to come in and get that track ready, you know, cause that's kind of what those, guys do is is they put that dirt down and then they have other classes come in and, and kind of race on that thing the weeks leading up to that to kind of get it prepared so again i thought it had ran its course the first year and that maybe was just my wishful thinking because i've never liked it personally putting the dirt down on bristol I've been to the Bristol night race in the eighties. I've been to the Bristol day race in the two thousands. I've been to, I remember the days when you had a waiting list to get on, to get tickets, to go to Bristol. That's obviously not the case now. And I think NASCAR is just searching for, um, searching for something to try to add a little excitement, a little spice to it. But of all the places in NASCAR, of all the tracks, is Bristol the place that you need to add excitement? I mean, honestly, if you watch, I mean, there are all these mile and a half tracks are what you need to do to something to them to add excitement, not, not Bristol, you know, not a Martinsville, not these little short tracks that, that us, I guess, old guys have kind of grown to, to love the, the ones that really, that really grew up with the sport and thinking that NASCAR was the way to go until maybe we learned, learned better. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's Rant's course because I don't know what their financial figures are. I don't know where they're the ones that spend the money to say, is it worth putting this down? I don't know what their, their feedback is. You know, how many times have we second guessed NASCAR, honestly, and it go a completely different direction than we thought it would go uh, a lot lately, especially. So, you know, my opinion, it ran its course way back, you know, in my shoot, in my opinion, it ran its course in like 2001. You know, when, when I was there for those three races, that was the, you know, 80 cars, you know, like almost 200 the first year, like 80 the second year. If anything, those numbers themselves tell the story about where we're at, where we stand with with it. It's definitely Rant's course. When you go from 200 cars to 80 cars to then what we had the last year down to like 30 cars by the end. So... I think for us, it's Rant's course. For NASCAR, do we ever know what those guys are thinking? Who knows? Yeah, Kovac, you care to respond to that? Just because 
no, it's like, I want to hear your side of it too. The same question. Like you think it's ran its course at Bristol. We had Kyle Larson saying we shouldn't be doing it. Um, you also had him saying, Hey, we should just maybe run a prelude. I think they need to have a dirt race, but maybe not at Bristol. Cause like Robert said, that that place is action packed. I mean, I don't understand why NASCAR just can't go to like Eldora where it's already dirt track. You, it's already worked in. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's an iconic facility. I think people would love it. I, you would obviously pack the place. Obviously, maybe you're only going to have 30,000 people, 25, 30,000 people there. But I do think that NASCAR needs to continue to work with grassroots racing just to, you know, open the eyes up for fans like you and I to, you know, watch a cup race on Sunday. Be interested because you see Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell up front. I don't know. What do you think about this? Because like, there's been a lot of articles, too, about maybe it's ran its course at Bristol and what NASCAR should be doing next. I think this was the best Bristol for the cup race for the whole weekend for that they've had in three years. The first time they ran it at night, right? I mean, didn't they run these races in the afternoon the last couple of years? Uh, and it was dusty as hell, I remember. I mean, they, they, it, it, it was billowing dust. They had to stop races sometimes and water in between, like the segments and all that. So uh, I thought the racing was really competitive. Uh, it, it was. It seemed better than – I mean, there was – there was a, probably a few too many cautions, you know, because there are a lot of guys that spin out that probably, you know, you got more spin outs, which although I liked how NASCAR stopped, they didn't throw the caution immediately for some of these spin outs during the race. They actually let them do the 360 and go on and, to, and continue on. And, and, I, and I thought that saved, uh, there were less cautions this year than there had been. And, and the racing, I, every time I looked up, there was pretty good, you know, cars, dicing back and forth i mean maybe not for the lead of the there wasn't many passes for the lead but behind that there were there were spot there was there was cars side by side i think more than i think more than typical uh more than a typical uh, race for nascar that's for sure i i thought it was pretty good i i liked having a, a dirt race where you know i, I had you know, in-laws were here for easter and then you know they turned it on for them and and they don't know racing, you know, but they know I go to dirt races and, and they do, they've heard of NASCAR and stuff. They see, no, know what NASCAR is going, what, what it's doing, what, it, what, it, what it's about. And they, I thought it was, they thought it was pretty cool seeing like, Oh my God, they're running on dirt. Like you go to every week. I thought that was a, a neat little angle too, to be able to bring into it. Uh, you know, like for us, I mean, I, I think it probably has run its course for our side of it, our late model side that was clear when the outlaws weren't even back there this year for a two day show. Uh, the cars are just so fast. I mean, the late, there were, we talk about how hard it is on equipment for our style cars. It isn't that hard on equipment for cup cars. That's for sure. I mean, pretty much everybody finished the race. I mean, there were how, how many, there were 37 cars in that. I have to go look, but I'm pretty sure Davenport was the second guy out. I don't know if anybody else dropped out. I mean, there, there was no, I don't even know if anybody's towed off the racetrack the whole race. I mean, I saw those crate cars on Saturday. I saw at least two or three that were coming off on double hooks or just like look mangled and stuff. So that the speeds are so much slower and the cars are heavier with cup cars. They're not really, they're not having the same uh, problems, I guess that we, that, that late models have there and, and even lower, I mean, God, I think probably street stocks might even drive fat, run faster there 
Like, like Robert said, he's talked about a street stock going through the corner at Bristol. They probably go faster. They might turn faster lap times than the cup cars there. I know that was the way it always has been kind of like at, at, at Eldora when the trucks had run there. The trucks aren't going, didn't seem like they're going very fast. Uh, I think that kind of also helps out the cup guys that don't have a lot of dirt experience. So it makes it tougher for Jonathan Davenport to come in there with all this dirt experience and be able to beat them when where like the cars are just going slower. If that car was going three or four seconds a lot faster, Don Jonathan probably would be able to handle it better than other guys, but um, you know, guys with not much experience. So I, I think there's a different thing. I kind of, I, I kind of hope they keep running the dirt race for the cup cars there. I, I understand Bristol is a pretty cool place. Just being a concrete track, you know, uh, I don't know. Have another, have another two concrete races in a dirt race there. How about that? I mean, you know, like we could do that, can't we? <laughs> so they could, they could get rid of some other race, some other time in the season, and run another Bristol race. But I, I it, it's, I've always kind of wondered what it would be like with dirt car, with cup cars on on dirt. So kind of the old day. And I, I, it's, I thought it was cool. I think it was. I think I want. I'd like to keep it and and uh, and keep it going like that. Uh, Derek's muted here, so we can't hear him. <laughs> I said I agree with you, Kovac. It was a cool event, but if you're NASCAR mm. and like you look at the crowd there the other night, it wasn't very good. Larson thinks you'd have a bigger crowd if they like made it back to asphalt and uh, B. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about Kyle Larson, kind of like alluding to maybe bringing the prelude batter prelude back, or he wants right. to bring it back. I think that's the first thing we should do. That was the best thing ever there for four or five years at Eldora. Yeah, it's been 11 years since we had that prelude at Eldora. I thought it was cool. I, like that really brought connections to the late model and in in, uh, in cup world, you know. And and, and you kind of look back at that though. I think the last one was what was that? 2012 or 11 or whatever it was. Um, and and back when they were running that, remember all those races were on pay per view. You remember that? <laughs> you know, they yeah, you had to HBO go with your cable company. Yeah, it was all pay-per-view deals. It was there was no streaming even at that point. Uh, so I, I guess it, it would certainly be a bigger deal for streaming now. That's for sure. Uh, and and I think that more guys would probably cup guys would really want to get involved with it because they've seen uh, they're exposed to it more. I think you know Kyle McFadden who like hey down there wave to him down below you know but uh, right. he was at, he was at Bristol covering the weekend. Uh, covering JD's whole weekend at, at you know, uh, with the trucks and the cup and wrote some stories about it and uh, had some, you know, a lot of tweets about him, interviews with him and stuff. And he wrote, he had, he had talked to the uh, Kayla racing uh, owner about, you know, like dirt racing and stuff. And I saw that just some quotes from that owner it says, yeah, we watch flow all the time. We really, we know what's going on with late model racing now. Uh, because they're putting races up now that we never would see before. Uh, and so I, 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 he's opened his eyes to, you know, a, a cup series owner has open has his eyes opened up to late model racing uh, because of the streaming. And it would even be more like, I think that they would, you know, that would really make, that's another reason why guys in cup would want to go run a prelude to the dream. I, I still just don't know about running a, an actual cup race at Eldora. It is, you do. I, I would like to give an. I, I think the dirt race at Eldora. I mean, at at uh, Bristol needs another year now because it was better this year running at night. Right. It, it was. It, it was. They need another year to to see. Like maybe I. If you went there the first two years, 
and, and maybe it was just a NASCAR for you. Like, man, this was a dust. Well, I'm the sure first it was, year, dusty it was bad weather, but it wasn't like those. Yeah, that was all yeah. messed up. With they, I think they had. Yeah, they, they had, had a race on Monday. And, I think. Yeah, right. It, it was all messed up, and and then so last year count. was still in the. I remember still afternoon. I would like to see give it another year after this one because I think people would have seen that running it at night made it more more uh, more of an entertaining race and not like so dusty. That's for sure. Robert, if they bring back the prelude, are you gonna have Jimmy Gray Motorsports? Will I have a NASCAR driver wheel that thing? I think we can hook you up. If uh, yeah, if somebody provides me a motor, without a doubt, we'll get it. Uh, Come on, yeah, we got some, you. Some, somebody provides a motor, I'll I'll offer somebody a ride, no doubt. Uh, but uh, uh, I, you know, if you you talk about that race, if there's if there's ever a ringer running that race, Kyle Larson, I mean, he can't in race that it. race. In that race, he would be <laughs> such allowed. a ringer. He would be. He would yeah, be. Lap down. Uh, he starts a lap down. He would be a thousand times more a ringer in that race than JD was Sunday in the cup race. I mean, Kyle Larson's experience, though not a lot of experience in in a dirt late model, he has proven to be such a talented driver and win these races in dirt late late models that he would he could possibly lap the field. You know, um, you know he could he could. He's just an extraordinary talent, and uh, and so to have him in a, in a prelude at Eldora would—I'm not even sure that would be fair to the other other Cup drivers. Yeah, you—he's just in a—he's um, in a different league, so to speak. So uh, so yeah, I wish they would bring the prelude back. I think that that itself puts so many eyes on on our sport and gets guys involved in our sport who would never be involved otherwise and i think that to get those guys out there and i don't want people out there just making laps either you know i'd love to see them i want the competitive ones out there i want the ones who and you joke sort of about someone driving my car, you know, my car is an older car and, and no, that wasn't, that wouldn't even be fair. You know, I don't want someone out there just making laps just to be, just to say they're part of the show. I would, I want to see those guys out there in competitive rides with the guys that are competitive and who want to win, who, you know, a lot of those guys went and, and did, a. they don't, first of all, nobody wants to embarrass themselves. And those guys don't either. So you noticed a lot of those guys before some of these races, they're going and getting laps. They're getting some practice on on dirt. They're, you know, going to Smoky Mountain and and all these other Cherokee and some of these places, you know, in the Carolinas. They're they're getting laps in these cars to make sure that when they get to where they're going, they've got as much experience as possible so i could only imagine that if we did bring back the prelude and had you know a 20 car field i could i would think that those guys would be out in competitive rides getting as much experience leading up to it and to me that's part of the fun you, you know you you have a kyle bush show up at, at some offbeat show on a on a weekend you know close to a nascar track because he's just trying to get laps that would be cool you know to see stuff like that to see those guys you know do stuff like that ahead of that prelude i think that would be excellent 
So that would be my vote to bring the prelude back. Uh, I agree that I don't think a cup race at um, at Eldora. I agree with Kevin. Uh, I don't think a cup race at Eldora would be that great until, again, until they take the windshields out. Take the windshields out so you don't have to have such a hard pack track to begin with because by the end, all it is is a slick asphalt track. These guys, obviously, there were a lot of spins, but, you know, a lot of that has to do with the amount of input you know, that they're able to, to put into the steering wheel, they're rolling through there. They're not able to co correct as much as a dirt car, as a dirt car is, you know, we are able, if you like, you take my car, you take a dirt late model car and you turn it back to the right where, which is, you know, everybody knows from watching cars, how to, you know, go fast, right. You know, you turn right to turn to go left. Uh, so you've got to be able to do that. You have to be able to have a lot of input in the steering wheel to correct your slide, to continue that slide in a corrected manner. Well, if you get a cup car that doesn't have as much input in the steering wheel, then you can't correct your slide as much. So then all of a sudden, when you do get out of shape, you just, you're just along for the ride. You need to go ahead. at that point you're like okay well screw it i'm just going to go ahead and do the 360 and keep on going instead of actually kind of correcting it, that there, there won't be a there won't be a a, a save like don o'neill made at east bay a few years ago remember that one never right? completely never, sideways <laughs> you're not doing that never in a would you car, do that sure. yeah yeah you know that's definitely you're right you know we never see that so uh so i you know i if they had it again at uh, at Bristol, I'd probably tune in and watch the part of it just because, again, it's dirt. Uh, uh, but, it, you know, I didn't even watch it all this year, and, and J.D. was in it. So that kind of tells you where my interest is, I guess, specifically. So, Yeah, pros and cons, uh, the Bristol dirt. Uh, J.D. gave it a gave a crack at it. Uh, a lot better, obviously, in the truck with a good top 15 run. Uh, Kind of a heartbreak hotel there running into Kyle Larson uh, after just like 72 years or 72 hours, not years prior to that. They were throwing spotters at Bulls Gap, never touched once hardly. So uh, kind of upsetting to see that. But I think it's still bringing the grassroots dirt and NASCAR closer and closer together the last couple of years. So we'll see what NASCAR decides to do. Kovac will finish the show with one more thing. We'll start off with you. Hey, I might have seen this on Facebook uh, on Monday, I believe. But uh, uh, Gary Marasco, the driver of Chris Madden's uh, T-shirt trailer, the guy who runs the T-shirt trailer for Chris Madden, uh, he was on his way to Bulls Gap, and he was in Kentucky and uh, had an accident on on the interstate and flipped the the, the dually, flipped the the, the T-shirt trailer. Fortunately, Gary's all right, but man, that was a scary looking uh, you know pictures there when you see the. Both of them flipped over on on the highway. Uh, I messaged Gary uh, this morning and, and asked him how he was. You know, he said he was going good. And and, and I and the thing was that trailer, that t-shirt trailer, was the same trailer that remember Ron Slavic, the late Ron Slavic, the t-shirt guy for Chubb, Frank, and Boom Briggs, and and Josh Richards back in the you know when he ran with the the Rocket Hat chassis house car. 
you know, who uh, passed away a year and a half ago now. That was his trailer that he fixed what up about, and made perfect. You know what else was sold there, Kovac? What's that? Chubb oh, panties. Chubb panties. Yes, Chubb panties. You can't forget yes, that's those. Right. Yes. Yes, Slavic did make those also. Yes, with the one star, right? Uh, well, all that. And I know that was a specially made trailer by, by Slavic and then, uh, Chris Madden team got it and Gary's been taking it around. And I remember, and, and Gary, I told Gary, I said, man, Slavic's going to be mad at you now for, cause Gary was very close with Slavic. Uh, right. and, and he really misses him a lot. And, and he, and I said, man, he's going to be, he's going to be mad at you for getting that thing, you know, scratched up. And, and, uh, and Gary responded and says, yep, yep. And he goes, Slavic's not talking to me now. That's right. He'd already, he'd already told me stories about like every time he tried to go in there and work on that trailer and change a number that was sticker, you know, a sticker that was on there. He'd cut himself or do something. And, and Slavic, he's like, gosh, darn you Slavic. You're up there. You won't let me change anything on this trailer. Will you, you know, cause you built it. So, uh, yeah, that was, but fortunately Gary's all right. And they'll, and I think that they'll be able to get that. Tra- it didn't look super damaged, uh, so hopefully they get that back and, you know, sell them T-shirts for Chris at the Chris Madden at the races. Yeah, glad everybody's OK. R.I.P. to Slavic. We uh, miss you every day, buddy. Uh, I'll go next. I uh, thought it was pretty cool that the Hunt the Front debut of their series, they kind of had to throw a kind of have a little fire drill there where they had the Saturday portion moved up to Friday. So I wanted to applaud, you know, Joshua Joyner and the Hunt the Front gang to realize weather's coming. Hey. We can make a decision here. Let's move up the race a day and just scratch the five thousand dollar to win race. Uh, I thought that was very cool. Um, times with weather, with other things that you know promoters might make the wrong decision. But I thought that was a very cool note that I wanted to share for my one more thing is that Hunt the Front said, "Hey, weather looks shitty on Saturday. Let's just have a one day twenty thousand dollar to win on Friday." So I think that helped out the racers. I went all the way down there to all tech for like the 95th time this season. It seems like we'll probably be going down there three or four more times, but uh, kudos to the hunt, the front gang to make that decision kind of last second to just have a one day 20 Robert Holman. How about you for the one more thing? Um, yeah. Also, Derek, I thought it was interesting because of those two races that were rained out the, the Schaefer's oil races that were, rained out in east tennessee and in uh at well taswell and with virginia that a lot of those guys from bulls gap made that overnight haul down there to to run that show too so that was pretty cool i think they by doing that they picked up a few extra cars actually yeah. uh but uh my <clears throat> excuse me my one more thing i guess is you know there weren't very many races uh but one of the ones that did get in peoria uh, up there in your your neck of the woods, not far from from you, I guess, where uh, I guess I think Ryan Unzicker picked up his first win of the season. So uh, I just want to send a shout out to Unzicker and them. Those are some of the nicer people in the sport up there. And uh, to see him get off on a, a good note is good. And to see him get racing, you know, because I think maybe he had only been to one race prior to that, I think. Uh, and he kind of got his car tore up, I think, prior to that. The, the one night he uh, was able to go out and race, one or two nights he was able to go out and race prior to that, bounces back with a, a $5,000-plus victory there at Peoria. So congrats to Ryan Unzicker and uh, and his crew. I'm sure his little boy was in there celebrating somewhere because he's always hanging around. What you got, Kev? 
I have one more comment to make before we, we sign off. Derek will do the signing off, but let's remember though, this is the last weekend, the last, the last podcast of Derek Kessinger as a single man. So ladies, oh. for sure, Don't you need to know it. that. I, oh. This is it. On Saturday is the big day in Bloomington, Illinois. Derek and Colleen, they tie the knot. Flying out there yes. on uh, Friday to, to to see this big event on Saturday. So uh, yeah, big event. That's yeah, good luck. Very good luck, Derek. Thank very you. exciting day. It. Yeah, it'll be a fun very day. exciting day. Uh, Hope I've... his tuxedo is all is all set to go, and all his groomsmen have their you know all ready to go with their to to back up Derek as he walks down the aisle and uh, or, or waits for Colleen to walk down the aisle. Yes, uh, the talks. You can see. Thing, I you can ch- see the for those watching this. You can see my lack of joy for Derek. I've been married now Come for twenty four years. Derek, I love you, buddy, but I've tried to talk you out of this nonsense. Every time I see you in Florida, <laughs> I try to talk you out of it. Right? I'm like, are you sure this is? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? And uh, and so I I wish you nothing but the best, but you can tell by the look of my face that I I'm just like, I'm like, damn it. Really boy. Damn it. I've all, I've tried to, right. I thought I taught you better, but here you are. So anyway, congr- uh, you know, I, Oh shoot. I want to say, I almost couldn't get congratulations out of my, my mouth. Did you notice that I started it I did. and almost, and almost couldn't even say it, but, uh, but so I'll just say, I wish you the best is, is how about that? That's, you know, I'll go that direction. Yeah. We'll, we'll, well see if Derek is a domesticated D suave after this. You know, we'll he's already he domesticated. Is, uh, you know, We've so already he, seen already signs. Been, yeah. Well, we you know, you have to rein he had to be reined in eventually, you know. I mean you could he couldn't run wild, uh, you know, uh like a you know, like a he he has to be a he had to be a, a horse that was broken finally, you know, and, and brought back oh, he's broken. To earth here. He's, he's settled he's down, broken. you know. So He's a wild stallion. That's right. Yeah. He's, he's, now he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, now he's a family broken. man and he'll, you know, and he'll, and you'll, we'll, we'll see him, you know, I bet you he'll still have some beers at the races with Steve Gigas and I will still have beers. So, nothing, you know. nothing will stop me from having <laughs> yes. cold beers. Uh, yeah, I know. They win a rainouts happen at Volusia. Yeah, rain out to Volusia. That's the only time we'll yes. be headed to the ocean deck and, uh, we can continue to look forward to that. Suave. Yes. Yes. Well, hey, wedding week for Suave. Uh, a lot of regional stuff throughout the entire nation. They have a hundred thousand dollar to win. They're in volunteer, but we have the Slocum Fifty. Peoria has another five thousand dollar to win. So we got plenty of action. Let's hope the weather holds up. It's starting to get warm in the Midwest. Nice weather approaching, so we cannot wait for that. Be sure to check out these two writers. Beautiful articles they write every single week. They do a great job. Make sure to check out the live updates. Check out live racing at flowracing.com. Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching and listening. Until next time.